I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Despite recent gains in high school graduation rates, the college completion rates of Hispanic students in the U.S. remain troublingly low. Only 23% of Hispanic adults hold a post-secondary degree, compared to 42% of all Americans. The share of Hispanics completing a bachelor's degree at 15% lags well behind that of other racial and ethnic groups, including African Americans. These gaps have generated a variety of efforts to increase outreach to college-ready Hispanic students, including a major initiative by the College Board known as the National Hispanic Recognition Program. Can the targeted recruitment of high-scoring Hispanic students alter their decisions about whether and where to enroll in college? And could it help more Hispanic students earn a degree? I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and I'm joined today by Jonathan Smith, an Assistant Professor of Economics at Georgia State University and the co-author of the article, Boosting Hispanic College Completion, Does High School Recruiting Help More Students Graduate?, which will appear in the summer 2017 issue of the journal and it's available now at educationnext.org. John, welcome to the EdNext podcast. Thanks for having me. So it's great to have you with us, and I should say before we dive in that the article is co-authored with Oded Garantz of Stanford University and Michael Hurwitz of the College Board, so we're grateful to them as well. The article is primarily an evaluation of this program, the National Hispanic Recognition Program, but I wonder if you could start out by helping us to put that program in context. What are some of the explanations that have been offered for why Hispanic college completion rates have been stubbornly low? Well, that's a really good question. And uh, I think the sort of the biggest and most compelling uh, reasons that you might see these low completion rates for Hispanic students are the ones that you might see for other folks as well. So things like lower income, first-generation problems, underfunded high schools and schooling, those problems are, are there for these Hispanic students as well as other people. I think the thing that's sort of unique for the Hispanic and Latino community uh, that, you, that you see come up from time to time is that they might have a few more cultural sensitivities in the process. So they might have very strong family ties or moving them into, a, into an institution that is a little bit out of their comfort zone may sort of contribute to those lower completion rates. And so how exactly does the National Hispanic Recognition Program work? How does the College Board see it fitting in as part of the solution to this challenge? Yeah, so it's actually, it's an interesting program. It started in 1983, and the College Board doesn't do all that much in the process. What they actually do is they take, they split the country up into a few different regions, about five or six regions, and then students take the PSAT or National Merit Scholarship Qualifying Test, and the top 2.5% of Hispanic students in each region are eligible to receive the award. Now, beyond the PSAT score, they just have to have to have a, they have to have a high enough high school GPA, and they have to be Hispanic. And those two things are those last two things are verified by their high school counselors. But it's primarily um, the the uh, PSAT score. And what does the award entail? Is it a scholarship? 
So there are actually no financial awards given to this. This is purely a recognition to the students. It's an extremely incredible accomplishment for these for these young individuals. And the College Board informs the students that they're eligible for the award based on their PSAT score. And they're encouraged to put this information on their high school trans on their high school transcripts or their college applications, and inform colleges about the achievement. Um, and high school counselors are also informed and sort of nudged to to have these students use this uh, in the application process. But there are actually no financial ties that that come along with it. And are there some colleges that actually receive this information as well, and then make active efforts to reach out to students who have received the honor? That's correct. So this is where the College Board, I think, it really facilitates the matching process between these high-achieving Hispanic students and the colleges. So what the College Board does is they they license student names, so they license their contact information uh, to colleges that are interested in attracting students uh, that, that they find desirable and good fits for their college. So students who actually receive the recognition of the His- National Hispanic Recognition, uh, their their names, if they if they so deem to participate in the process, are then eligible to be licensed, and then colleges can. Con- Contact them and and uh, and start a conversation to see if they're willing to come to their campus in the following year. And in some cases, they may then offer them financial aid as well, right? Yeah. So so the college board facilitates facilitates that conversation and match. But then what the college does after that is entirely up to them. So uh, we know we know that historically, over the last several years, about between two and three hundred colleges uh, have licensed these students' names. Uh, and some fraction of them actually do offer extremely generous financial aid, if not full scholarships and stipends. So the identification of these students at core is based on their PSAT or National Merit Qualifying Test scores. Uh, so if you score high enough, as long as you have a minimum requisite GPA, you get the award. If you're just under that level, you don't. And you explain in the article that design is actually really useful for you in thinking about how to evaluate whether receiving this recognition affects students' decisions. Why is that the case? So that so this this sort of threshold that, that allows someone to be eligible to receive the, the recognition award is, is an ideal situation for researchers like me and my and my colleagues. What it what it does is it allows us to compare Essentially identical students, one of which who got a just just a slightly higher PSAT score than the other, uh, and consequently they were eligible for the National Hispanic Recognition Program, and the other student wasn't. But on all other dimensions, they're nearly identical. They have um, they have similar they have similar financial situations. They have similar motivation. They apply to similar schools. Uh, they take similar AP courses. They're from similar locations, but one of them happened to be eligible for the award just because they scored uh, a little bit higher than the other one. So it's essentially saying one person had the award and the other serves as a control in a, that we can compare, and we can look at how their outcomes diverge from one another. So you take the data from quite a few years in which this test is given, from 2004 to 2010, I believe, and you use the approach you just described to compare those who just received the recognition to those who just didn't. And what did you find? Does being recognized in this way affect where students enroll? Yeah, so I think at the, at the broadest level, 
our findings suggest yes, students are changing where they enroll in college because of because of this this recognition. So at the broadest level, their students are more likely to enroll in four-year college. They're more likely to enroll in out-of-state colleges. They're more likely to enroll in flagship colleges. And these are all areas where Hispanic and Latino students have traditionally not fared quite as well. Uh, so we do see these shifts that we, we view as quite positive changes, uh, just, just as a function of being uh, recognized by the program. I think the, the bigger thing that we, we see, and it is in part explaining what I just described, is those colleges that are licensing students', students names these recruiting institutions are doing a very good job at successfully getting the students to enroll on their campuses. So it's not just we're shifting sort of what we might think of as the quality of the college students are enrolling, but we're also just shifting the type of college. They're going from these, from wherever they may have gone in the absence of the recognition program to these recruiting institutions, which happen to be out of state. They happen to often be flagships, um, and they are almost certainly four-year colleges. Yeah, in fact, you find the largest effect you find is towards these recruiting institutions, as you call them, and you find that that effect is really driven by a group of just seven of them that seem to reach out to these high-scoring Hispanic students particularly effectively. That's right. So what we do see, so we, as I mentioned, we do see about two or 300 recruiting institutions, but there are about seven in particular that aren't in these areas where this, these Hispanic uh, award winners actually live, but they're out of state, and they do a very good job at recruiting the students successfully. Uh, and what we have noticed, so there, there are seven of them, they're large, they're public flagships, um, and what we've noticed, just a, a quick glance at their website, is they come with extremely generous financial aid packages, almost always full-ride um, and often with a stipend. So these schools that are doing a very good job at enrolling the students tend to, tend to offer the best financial aid. Now, one could imagine that being recognized could lead students to change their enrollment behavior by virtue of being recruited by different places than they would have been otherwise, uh, or simply because the recognition sort of changed their expectations, it could also potentially lead them to become more prepared for college. You argue that that's unlikely to be what's driving your results. Why is that the case? That's right. So we were really careful about this. So what we wanted to see was how was the actual getting recognized impacting where students enroll? Was it so? Was it entirely by the virtue of the colleges were reaching out and successfully recruiting the students, or was it the fact that Upon being recognized, students then you know, received this positive signal and then changed the way they behave. So they started to prepare more for AP exams or take more AP exams or take the SAT more seriously and study harder or perhaps apply to a wider net of colleges. Uh, and the fact is we actually don't see strong evidence of that latter story. So we don't see that students are getting higher SAT scores. We don't see them applying to many more colleges or very different colleges. So we really do think that this sort of matching process that's facilitated by the College Boards program is driving these results. And these colleges that are recruiting with very generous financial aid packages are, are what's driving the results, not a change in the way the student is preparing themselves for the future. So let's turn to the bottom line. You've told us that this recognition did change where students enrolled in college. It led them to be more likely to go to flagship institutions in particular. Did it also influence whether students earned a degree or not? So I, I have two answers to that in some sense. So the first, the first part is, yes, 
broadly speaking, yes. It definitely changed whether whether or not they completed uh, for the better. They they had higher completion rates. So this was the the interesting thing is it wasn't. It wasn't so much for everybody, but for the students that we think were most in need of help. So students who went to public high schools from rural high schools where there's often not, um, not a lot of people attending, in, attending high-quality institutions or graduating, students from high schools that were heavily Hispanic, uh, students whose parents had very low levels of education, those students tend to have extremely and do extremely well in the face of getting this recognition and changing where they enrolled. So we saw their completion rates go up by about five percentage points, if not more, in some particular instances. So that's the first part. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is it's not just that they were more likely to get a degree, but it's the type of degree they were they were able to get. So they were receiving degrees at different types of institutions than they otherwise would have. So again, they, they, got, they got degrees at institutions that were recruiting them, which, is, which are places they would not have gone, and they happened to be out of state. So these are, these are students who formerly were a little less likely to go out of state, from, uh, and now they're going, they're going and succeeding um, quite, a, quite a far ways from home in some cases, in more competitive institutions than they otherwise would have attended. That's correct. There are, there, we do see some evidence that, that the sort of what we would call the, the competitiveness of, of the school is, is a bit better. Uh, correct. Now, in a sense, your study is just an evaluation of a single program that affects a relatively narrow slice of students. But are there broader lessons we can draw about strategies to improve college completion rates among Hispanics and perhaps among other students as well? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so we do think there are some broader lessons that you can draw from this research, not just beyond whether or not you, th- you think this recognition program is worthwhile. So I think the first thing that's, that's important is that college fit in some, in some large definition of that, it matters. So it's not just about uh, going to college, but it's sort of where you go to college and how you go to college. So the academic quality of the institution might matter. Certainly finances are going to matter. And these Hispanic students are getting very generous stipends and succeeding with, with that help. Um, but I think the other thing that's important here, is, especially as it pertains to Hispanic students, is there is sort of this, this notion that I mentioned at the very beginning that they have very close family ties and sometimes moving them into an institution that is very out of their comfort zone or far from home may may sort of lead to them not completing. But what we're finding here is that that's exactly not the case. They're going to these institutions that are far from home, they're out of state, they're they're unlike the institutions that they may have gone to in the absence of this recognition program, but they're succeeding. They're not just succeeding, they're thriving. Um, and so that may be because of the financial aid that's coming, but uh, they're certainly doing well. And so I, I think we should not be limiting students' options just uh, for, for reasons. We should think about the entire selection process in terms of academic quality, finances, um, along with social factors. And the, the last thing I'll say, the other thing is that um, I think just thinking about how this whole process worked is kind of interesting. So this was really just a low-cost way of matching students with colleges. And maybe there are ways in which we can replicate this or do something similar. Right, The college board, all they did was they labeled a set of students as being extremely high-achieving and facilitating the conversation between the, two, the college and the student, and then let the colleges do what they wanted to to try and attract the students, and then the students could decide whether or not they wanted to go. Uh, but perhaps there are sort of other ways in which you could put these two students 
students and colleges together uh, in a way that would facilitate really good matches that could improve completions across the country. Perhaps the College Board could identify the top 5% in each region rather than the top 2.5%, for example. Uh, that's, that's certainly possible. Now, the one thing I'll say to that is what we were... The, the impact that we're finding were, were for those people who are just barely on the threshold of getting the award or not. And so um, if, we start, uh, if we start moving the threshold down to the top 5%, it's not totally clear what will happen, but it's certainly possible that that could have really great impacts for a larger swath of the population. Or you could, for that matter, you could even change it to other swaths of the population, such as uh, different, different ethnic or ethnicities or races or first generation, things like that. My guest today has been Jonathan Smith, Assistant Professor of Economics at Georgia State University. His article on the College Board's National Hispanic Recognition Program is available now at educationnext.org. John, thanks for being part of the podcast. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the EdNext Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners to find us.